You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The other two gentlemen in the room, one in front of me and one to my right, one of them is a big, 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 big Phillies fan who takes this very seriously. The other is there a lot, covers the games. Uh, I guess you got you and John split somehow, Go you know, covering the team. Uh, now I'm speaking, of course, of Ed Banking and, and, and Tim Kelly. Both of you have heard all night, okay, as I did, some of these fans calling in, even some of the hosts here that are gravely concerned about Bryce Harper. And I love it when people say, well, I'm not ready to call him a bum just yet. But, and then, you know, there comes the word but. My my advice to Phillies fans is relax. Timmy? Yeah, I would agree with you. The Phillies are in first place. Bryce Harper has not had his 2015 season. He has not had a season that excites you to the level you were on opening day. But Bryce Harper has absolutely made Reese Hoskins a better player, Gene Segura, JT Real Muto. They've all benefited from hitting around him. And individually, he has by no means had a clunker of a season. He had one season in 2016 where because of injuries, it really just it wasn't much. He's still going to hit 30 home runs. He's still going to drive in 100 RBIs. He's still probably going to lead the National League in walks. It's not going to be an eight-win season. Yeah, but, it's not sexy, but it's effective. Right, and I think that... Look, you want more. That is not what you signed Bryce Harper for. But this is year one of 13. You're going to have more than one chance. And the Phillies have a chance, most importantly, to return to the playoffs for the first time. Ed, you're in that clubhouse. You're in the press conferences. Do you sense in any way, shape, or form the organization starting to grow a little bit more concerned? No. Part of the big reason why is the calendar says, well, it says May 26th. It just went to May 27th. You're not ready to get concerned, I think, gravely after two months. As Tim pointed out, he has made this lineup better. It changes how you pitch to Reese Hoskins and JT Real Muto. I don't, even if he is striking out 73 times and batting 227, yeah. you would think, especially with the warmer weather, he's going to start to heat up. The ball is going to carry more. Of course, he has to actually hit the ball for it to carry more. I think you sign a guy for 13 years. If you're ready after two months of baseball to say, boy, maybe we made a mistake. No, no. And the difference between this Phillies team and the other ones is they have a better supporting cast and they have a lot of guys who they picked up. The Seguras, the real Mutos who have been tremendous fine. I so told you about Segura. Uh, very, and, and we'll all admit we haven't watched a lot of Seattle Mariners games, but he's better than we thought he was going to be. And you I saw, told I know you, you saw him a little more with the Yankees, mm-hmm. but uh, he's been terrific. And you look at real Muto, maybe the best catcher in the national league, if not all of baseball. Now he's starting to hit for power too. Hoskins looks like he's breaking out of that slump he had. He had a couple of home runs on this trip. So this team, if you look at it this way, as we allude to, they're nine games over 500. they They're in first place, a game and a half, a good spot to at least really be in it all the way down to the wire. And if he starts hitting, that's really going to change a lot of things. Tim, Vince Velasquez goes to the bullpen today. Got lit up a little bit, but I still think it's the right idea. I think it's the right idea. I don't know if it will work or not. But again, like Ed just said, if you're ready to jump off the bridge after two games, people that were mad or that were so excited after the first game, 
had to pump their brakes and now people in the other direction probably have to as well i don't know if it will work i do think there was a large enough sample size in the starting rotation to say at best he's a number five starter and he's someone with enough arm talent that probably should be more than that nick pavetta should be back this week as a starter ed on tuesday night against the cardinals and as far as velasquez i agree it's the right move to bring him to the bullpen now one of the things he told us after one of his starts where he had a high pitch count, had to leave early, was he wasn't finishing with the secondary pitches. When he doesn't do that, he throws fastballs that are fouled off over and over again. That got his pitch count up as a starter. But it's going to be the same thing as reliever. If he can get those secondary pitches over, especially with two strikes, it changes everything. He also struggles against left-handed hitters in general, and most of the league for the last 12 months has struggled against Christian Yelich in his defense. 21 home runs. I mean, yeah, he gets a mulligan for Christian yeah, Yelts. I agree with that. He's a reigning MVP, and he's having even a better year this year. Uh, I'll ask both of you your most pleasant surprise in this first third of the season. I, I guess game 54 would be tomorrow, uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, I'd say my most pleasant surprise is how much Andrew McCutcheon has left. He has brought a Jimmy Rollins-type energy, but a professionalism that kind of reminds me of Aaron Rowan or Jason Worth, where he's just a winner, and I think the Phillies have lacked that in recent years. Biggest surprise for you. Pleasant surprise. Ed. A little bit of a quiet one. That's Hector Neris. This is the guy who was in the dark regions of the minors after struggling last year. Everyone says, well, they need a closer. They need a closer. He's got nine saves. He struck out the side the other night in Milwaukee. Maybe he's a little better than we thought, when that, especially the way that splitter's going. Biggest disappointment so far this year. I think it's Nick Pavetta, and I'm assuming Aaron Nola is going to be Aaron Nola at some point this season. Coming into the year, I thought Nick Pavetta had a chance to really break out, and he had an excellent spring training. I thought he had a Charlie Morton-type breakout coming. We certainly didn't see that. And the first time, maybe Tuesday's the start of something different. A Charlie Morton-type breakout. Not with the Phils. With Houston, maybe. Well, it was <laughs> with the Phillies for about 12 innings. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, maybe two starts. Ed, your biggest disappointment so far. I think it has to be Nolan. Now, I do agree with Tim. I think he's eventually going to at least pitch better. Will he be at that Cy Young level that he was pitching at last year? I don't know. And I do, like I said, I do think he will pitch better, but for him to struggle as much as he has, has been disappointing on a staff that it's been like the stock market. Arietta was down, now he's up. Eflin and Eikhoff are up, now they're down. You need Aronola, maybe he's not going to be as dominant as he was last year. You need him to be better than he's been at this point in the season. Your take, I want each of you to think about this, your take with a grade on the manager, year two. I would say a B plus. I think he's done a good job. A, the Phillies are in first place. B, I think he has done a better job, maybe with the last week being the exception, of allowing different guys like Jake Arrieta and Aaron Nola to have longer leashes. And actually, he got a lot of criticism for pulling Nola maybe a little bit early last start. Two starts ago, he left him in maybe an inning too long, and he got rocked in the seventh inning. And the Phillies ultimately held on to win that game. But I think he has the ability to listen to criticism. He's done a better job both of handling the bullpen, I think. And look, the Phillies have an entire bullpen worth of people injured right now. And he's still done that while the Phillies have had next to no off days for large portions of the season. I think he's also listened to what Andy McPhail said in terms of being more realistic after losses to the media. I, I give a little higher grade, A minus, B plus is fine. I, your last point, you're exactly right. He's a different manager this year. He will come out and say, Eflin was not doing this and this, and that's why he struggled. 
Sure, he'll be positive at some point. I do think even though he's had some mistakes, he has handled the bullpen better. He's let his starters go a lot longer, the exception being what happened with Nola and Wrigley Field. But I think he's managed better. I think he's approached this team better. I think he senses. I think this is one of the biggest points here. He knows how the expectations are this year, and that includes for him. He knows if this team falls flat on his face, he may not be around much longer. I think he has risen to the level of, hey, there's high expectations for this team. I have to be better as far as how I approach things, how I approach the media, how I approach my players. And there does seem to be, I really sense this in this locker room, a real trust between these players and Gabe Kaplan. No pie in the sky here, guys. Okay? Let's be realistic about this. If there was one move, one trade to be made between now and the trade deadline, what would it be? Who are you getting? Who are you giving up? It's a little hard for me to say exactly who you're giving up, but the guy I'm getting would be Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. I think he gives you a, a legitimate number, too. And again, everything's contingent on Aaron Nola being better than he is right now. Uh, the Phillies obviously traded Sixto Sanchez, so I think in this type of trade, you may be looking at giving up a Pavetta or or someone like that in addition to Adonis Medina or one of your other pitching prospects. I don't know other than potentially Alec Bohm, but he's at the lower levels, and I don't think they're moving him. I don't know if they have a blue-chip guy right now, but they have a lot of secondary-type prospects. Stroman's interesting because I, th- I think he will be dealt. Ed, what move would you make? Uh, a lot of I still want to get a starter, and of course, there's a lot of talk about Madison Bumgarner. The risk you run is that it's a half season chance of what you're going to give up. I know he's older. Zach Greinke might not be another bad guy to look at either, considering his situation. He's had a great start this year. He's six and two on the season, two point eight nine ERA. There is a lot of money there, and he is thirty five. But for the short term. I think how many years left team. on his deal, though? Well, he has not only did, he has two more years, but two. then between 2022 and 26, he has like 60 million deferred. So it would be complicated to trade the Phillies, though. I think Bob Nightingale reported this. They did scout uh, Zach Greinke last weekend. How about Greinke's supposed difficulties with stressful situations? Uh, there is that risk. You have that with a yeah. bunch of you, but I'll tell you what this, else you this have. This isn't exactly Fantasy Island to come and but, play for. You but know? You, you look, you also have a bunch of guys in this team, if they make the postseason, will be experiencing it for the first time. So you have the unknown with a lot of these other guys. And, of course, if you want to put Granky in that category, you'd be worried about Bryce Harper, too, because there have been some questions about some of his postseason performances. Right now, today, if he can help this rotation get you into the postseason, that's step one. No interest in either one of you have interest in Keiko or Kimbrell? I have relative interest in Kimbrell. I don't have interest in Keiko. I think the, the, the thing you're going to have to accept if you sign Kimbrell, because whether you sign Kimbrell or not, you're going to trade for a pitcher. Ken Rosenthal reported yesterday they want to add a left-handed bench off the bat. There's other needs on this team. I think another reliever even. You're going to have to go over the luxury tax for this season. Now, I, don't, I don't think John has a problem No, I don't. No. And the, the thing they have going for them is Pat Neshek, Juan Nicasio, Tommy Hunter make about $30 million combined. They're all coming off the books at the end of this year, and I'd be pretty surprised if any of them are Phillies next year. Feel, you feel the same way, although I would live with them not getting either one of them because you've got a reliever who you wonder how good he's going to be, and he's been sitting out half the season. Uh, Keiko, look, if he's got anything left in the tank, he'll help the starting rotation. But I think some of the guys we mentioned, Granky, might be better options if you're looking at Let, Wilson Let's starters. say we've got a third. We're a third of the season uh, of the way into the season. So let's prorate a thirty million dollar deal for one year. 
Okay, prorated it would be a $20 million you know, deal right now at the point of the season we're at. Let's say you sign Kaiko tomorrow. It's going to take him, what do you figure, Tim, a month? Yeah. It, I mean, I remember them signing Pedro Martinez in July, and it took him three or four weeks to get ready. Now, he made a, a nice impact for them, but you were asking him to come in and be what you thought, at least at that time, was like a number four starter. It ended up being more, but... I, I think if you want a lefty, your best bet is not him. It's not Madison Bumgarner. It's trying to pry Robbie Ray from the Diamondbacks. Would you pay 15 mil for a half a season of Dallas Keuchelad? I know Middleton would. I mean, he I, feels well, like, yeah. Yo, how? Uh, yes, if you could. Again, the, the big step this year is get into the postseason. And while it, it's been a good one-third start, and you look at the National League, it seems to be shaping up in that way, whether they win the division or not. You need to take that step this year. I think that's realistic, and I think he can help. Is the National League up for grabs? Yeah, I think the National League's up for grabs. I think the Phillies are a little bit behind the Dodgers and the Cubs right now, but I think they're right with the Braves and some of the other contenders. And the team I thought that was going to be the best in the NL is the Nationals, and they may be out of the picture. And Nationals bullpen's a mess. You're right about that. I, I think they've fallen apart completely. I really do think the Dodgers are still the best team in the National League, although the Cubs certainly are right up there with them. I really love the Brewers lineup. If they can get some more starting pitching, I think they're right in the mix too. The Phillies, despite this good week, might still be behind these teams, but hey, guess what? None of them are in their division. You win the division or you're the second best team in your division, and the way things are shaping up, maybe other than the Cubs-Brewers division loser, you still have a pretty good shot at a wild card. So I think they're still a notch below those three teams I mentioned. But they're in good position right now. And from the pie in the sky category, you didn't want to go to. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to start to hear some talk about a potential Ma uh, Max Scherzer trade. Now I don't know if it'd be with the Phillies. They'd hey, never deal with never, it. Never, yeah. But I think you're going to hear discussion about that oh, trade. I, I agree because the Nationals have all this deferred money, and I, eventually you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to pay for Soto, and you have Scherzer in his mid 30s who is still dealing. You don't want to wait until he's past that point. If you have a chance to deal him get some financial relief and get a good package, I think they may consider doing that. I think the Nationals are going to have a fire sale here. I think Rendon is gone. I think Scherzer is gone. And and I it would not shock me. It would not shock me because I think they would go this far within the division. Maybe Sean Doolittle could become a Philadelphia Philly or a New York Met. And if I had to, if I had to sweeten the pot a little bit, to make sure he doesn't end up in flushing, I'd do what I had to do to bring a a guy like Doolittle here in Philadelphia, a South Jersey guy, correct, Ed? Uh, he is, but you, I still don't see the Nationals trading within the division. I, I think you might actually have a little insight on this. How about that, about that AL East arms race that we're seeing again? You know, the Red Sox look like they're back in the picture. The Yankees, yeah. of course, you and I, they, they've, they've survived their injuries. They've righted the ship. I can see the Nationals, if they're going to fire sale, they may look to the American League East. They might be dumping pieces all over New York and Boston. All right, we're late for the break. Let's take the break, and, and we'll we'll keep the discussion going. WIP Sports Time is 1225. This is a real roundtable discussion, not that phony one they have uh, with the – no, I'm only kidding. They do a heck of a job, too. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm joined by Tim Kelly and, uh, and Ed Bankin on this uh, Memorial Day Monday as we discuss the Philadelphia Phillies. They won four out of seven on the road trip, guys. Okay, they split in Chicago. They win the series in Milwaukee, and still I hear negativity from some of the fans that call into this radio station. Yeah, I mean, some people thrive off the negativity. Some people haven't watched baseball in six or seven years. The Phillies are in first place. 
There are peaks and valleys in a baseball season. And theoretically, with Bryce Harper and Aaron Nola, you haven't hit your peak yet. So to be in this position right now, I think is pretty good. Ed, who's the biggest threat to the Phils in the division? I, I contain it's the Mets. I still think it's the Braves. I don't know if the Mets are going to get healthy enough. They've had some of their starters have been disappointing. I still well, like Atlanta's they're, pitching they're, staff. Their biggest hitter fell off a horse this week. Yeah, that didn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't help me. I, I, I still think it's the – you know, people kind of forget about the Braves. Everyone, well, the Mets, look, they loaded up. Oh, the Nationals, they lost Harper, but look who they got. And The, the Braves, are they're, they're like that grassy knoll team. People forget they have good pitching staff. They have a decent lineup. Tonight they were down 3 nothing late. They came back and won 4-3. The they, Braves won that game? The Braves win. Like, yeah, the Braves did win that game. They won the division last year. They've got a taste of the postseason. Some of the young guys. Toronto's pitching as well as anybody right now in, in, in the NL. You look at the Braves. I think they're they're the ones that are going to be right there. I think it would not be impossible, looking how things are shaping up in the National League, that the Phillies and Braves could battle for the division. The loser could be a wild card team, but I think both of those teams will be into it well into September. And they have enough young talent that I think they're going to make a major addition. Madison Bumgarner, who's from North Carolina, who obviously doesn't have a pro team, oh, and by the grew way, up a fan of the Atlanta Braves. And by the way, the Braves are not on that list that no. we saw of teams where where Bumgarner does not want to be dealt to, of which both the Yankees and Phillies are on that list of teams that he will not go to. Right. Yeah, so I, I think Madison Bumgarner will be a target of the Phillies, but I think he'll be a target of a lot of teams, and if I had to put money on it, he'll be with the Braves, who if you're sleeping on how well this team can hit, Austin Riley has been insane since he got called up, and they have enough young arms to make a major trade. Now, remember, they had an issue. They had to give back a bunch of draft picks and guys that were in the organization because uh, Alex Anthropolis had broken some rules a couple of years ago. No big effect from that so far? <laughs> Doesn't appear no, so. not yet. <laughs> not yet? Yeah. You, you, you mentioned some of the guys. You look in the middle of this lineup. I mean, Freddie Freeman is there. He's yeah, You look at his numbers this year. He's got 66 hits on the season again, 120 total bases. As soon as they have just a, a good Nick Marcakis, don't forget about him. Josh Donaldson, we know a lot of hype about him coming into the season as well. But there's enough parts in that lineup, and as as Tim mentioned, there's some younger pieces too. And they got McCann too behind the plate. It's just a good lineup, top to bottom. And again, with that pitching, and I agree that I think they're going to make a move too. And Baumgartner would would be a good fit there. I don't see the Atlanta Braves with their arms going away anytime soon. Hmm. All right. So. If there are five teams out of the National League, five teams out of the American League for the postseason, a lot of people are saying right now that basically those five teams, you can you can point to them right now, even on Memorial Day. Do you agree? Yeah, Phillies, Braves, uh, Cubs, Brewers, and Dodgers. On Memorial Day today, I would agree with that. We have seen baseball seasons. You know this, Ricky, where a lot changes between Memorial Day and Labor Day. You look at the West. I mean, the Padres are off to a good start. They've leveled off a little bit. Arizona, still a decent team, not as good as last year so far. Colorado's down. The Cardinals are down. They're back to 500 now. So, yes, I mean, you look at the Cubs lineup, the Brewers lineup, the Dodgers. You'd think those three teams will be in. Obviously, someone's got to win the East. It, I think I said it'll be the Phillies and Braves down to the wire. So, those five right now are starting to separate themselves a little bit. The hottest team in baseball right now, believe it or not, are the Oakland A's. And that's a team that nobody saw coming last year. They went on a similar run 
got into the postseason, lost the wild card game to the Yankees. I don't see it happening again, but right now they've won nine in a row. Minnesota is they're 10 games ahead of the Indians already. They had a billion home runs, I think, this year, the Twins. The Twins will have over 100 home runs already. Who the Phillies beat two out of three times earlier this year. That suddenly is looking like a very nice series for them. Yeah, and and right after that, they came to, uh, to Yankee Stadium, lost two out of three there, too. But that team is extremely hot. So your five teams in the American League, I, I would say right now that both wild cards might be in the East. I think it could be, you could have the Yankees, Red Sox, and Tampa Bay Rays, all three teams come out of the American League East. You yeah, got no, I, I would agree with that. I think those are going to be the three teams. Cleveland is, is so talented, but I, I kind of think they missed their window and the Twins are tearing oh, the cover. Cle- and Kluber's hurt. I right. mean, Kluber's out. And they probably missed the window on trading him for a great return yeah. as well. Ram- so. Ramirez has, uh, has had an awful year, so uh, goodbye, Indians. And really the only team in the West, aside from, like I said, these surging Oakland A's, who once played in Philadelphia, by the way, <laughs> uh, aside from the, uh, the surging A's, you've, you've got the Houston Astros, who are a juggernaut. I think you've got your five teams right there in the American League, even on Memorial Day, Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, the central winner, Minnesota, and uh, Houston out west. Uh, is that, that can't be good for the sport. Yeah, the only only thing, though, is if you're the Rays, if you are this good, you're still going to have to play the Yankees a lot and the Red Sox a lot, and the Oakland A's are going to be playing the likes of the Rangers, the Angels, the Mariners. The Mariners had a great start. They've leveled off. The Angels, Mike Trout is still in L.A., but there's not much else there right now. And the nah. Rangers are a 500 team, so that may certainly help as far as just having to see the Yankees and Red Sox a lot more might make it a bit tougher for the Rays, but I, they look like they're in a position where they're not going away anytime No, soon. no, they're not. And I think Kevin Cash, by watching plenty of Tampa Bay Rays baseball, Kevin Kevin Cash is probably the most innovative manager in the game right now. And he's been allowed the space to innovate because he doesn't have a media, a big media presence, a big fan presence. If he had tried to do that in Philadelphia, there would have been a huge backlash. He's been able to do it there, been able to ride out the opener, and he has been extremely successful in doing it. I think he's the best manager in the sport right now. Kevin Cash. Yes. Yeah, you you might be right. At Charlie Morton's 5-0. <laughs> that helps too. I know the injury <laughs> risk, but at two years, thirty million—that is the one that j- it, it puzzled me why the Phillies didn't take that dive. I think there's still a bad taste in their mouth from what happened. But a couple he tore years his ago. hand. Like I, I know he's had a, a slew of injuries throughout the course of his career, but that's one of those right. ones that can happen. He's like, a Flemington, New Jersey guy. You, you'd figure he would love to be here, right? I, mean, I see him often. I'll t- and I talk to Charlie. We have a good relationship. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to him a little bit more in depth about what happened here. Because I, I, I think there's more to that story than uh, than we know, maybe. Well, and I think the Phillies did want a left-handed pitcher. By all accounts, they were in on Jay Happ and then didn't want to give the third year, which also kind of puzzled me at the time. Uh, so at this trade deadline, you're going to be looking to a- add another legitimate arm and probably one that's better than Happ. I don't know if you get someone necessarily that's better than Morton. What's the deal with Right now with Kingery and and Cesar, where do you get playing time for Scott? Uh, it's it's hard because everyone was saying, well, as soon as Kingery gets off the DL, he's going to take Cesar's spot because I don't know what happened to Cesar and Ada's defense. However, he has started to hit the ball, has had has hit the ball now for a while. One of the top on the on the team in hits. It's hard to take that bat on the lineup. And here's the difference from years past. When you were counting more on the Cesars and the Adubo Herreras to be the main core, he was your leadoff guy. 
you, he's, I know he's been batting fifth, but you can have him down in the order. He can have an off night because it's a deeper lineup. It's a deeper roster this year. I, the other question, I think, if you're looking for a spot for Kingery, you know, there's center field where Duba's struggling. Mm-mm. And uh, what, uh, what about, I know Michael Franco had that great start, but he's struggling now. Do you start sprinkling him in there a little bit? I think, yeah, I do think you start sprinkling him in there. I think it's not a problem to have a guy that can play all these positions. Cesar Hernandez, A, the defensive problems have been noteworthy, but it hasn't been a trend throughout his career, so I'm assuming that will correct itself. I do think Kingery's the better second baseman, but he's also more suited to play around the diamond and having that type of piece. The Astros won with Marwin Gonzalez. A slew of teams won with Ben Zobrist. It's a valuable piece to have, and it allows you to play him there. I think Cesar Hernandez, people looked at me like I had five heads when I said, I think before the season that he would lead the Phillies in batting average. I don't know if he's going to top Gene Segura at this point, but I do think he has a good chance to top 300. Is Odubel Herrera a Philly by the end of the season? By the end of the season, I think he's a Philly. I don't think he's a starter. I agree. That's what I mentioned. I think Kingry or somebody's going to take more time from the outfield. One of the, one of the problems the Phillies had, their bench, Aaron Altair and Nick Williams, they're either Altair's with another team. Altair's a Met. Altair's a Met, and Nick Williams is in AAA. So there aren't as many people pushing a double in center field. That's why the, the, the Kingry's been getting some time in center field now, too. Again, they couldn't afford to bench a double Herrera in years past. They can afford to do that now if they have enough players to take his place, enough guys in this roster to pick up the slack. If you have another guy who maybe hit, isn't hitting as well as a double, but maybe plays, how do we put this politely, a little smarter baseball in the center. Well, field. and I think at the trade <laughs> deadline, you have major needs. One of the minor needs is a John Jay type guy that can play all three outfield positions and give you professional at-bats. Great takes. Absolutely great takes from the both of you. All right, Phillies fans, get in on this. 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. AT&T and Verizon customers. You you don't get this kind of analysis just any time of day here. No, 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 no. Late night, Memorial Day, guys that 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 love this team, that are dedicated to it. All right, and so Phillies fans, get on the horn. Let's talk about this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 